You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Well, come on, I believe God is speaking to every one of us today. I believe you can leave with a word today, too, from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to be anything I say. I believe God's going to speak to you today. But we're going to start off this service like we do every service here in uh, Resi slash San Marcos. And we're going to bring up the confession of faith. Our very own Pastor Dr. Matt Hubbard wrote this at the beginning of the year. And what a prophetic word it was to come into 2020, knowing this is our confession. So we're going to say this. And, and if you believe it, it's a confession. If you don't believe it yet, it's a declaration. You're gonna say it anyway, and it will become a confession. So come on, on the count of three, we're gonna say this together with all you got. One, two, three. Today, I awaken to the Word of God. This year, I step into my potential. I dream big, I think abundantly, and I act boldly. I am an overcomer. I declare an open heaven over my life in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, shout if you believe that you are an overcomer, that heaven is above you and it's open in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, come on, we're going to get started here. Uh, So why don't you take your seats? Why don't you slap somebody? Give them a high five. Tell them you guys are awesome. I'm glad to be here. It's a great Sunday. Come on. Worship team, you guys have been incredible. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys in a few minutes. But uh, it's an honor to be with you. My name is Alex Klott. I attend here at this campus with my beautiful wife, Tanae. And uh, it's an honor to be here because our campus pastors, Dr. Matt Hubbard, he is one of the most incredible people. If you haven't met him yet, you're going to. And, and, uh, and you'll know that this is the place to be um, at Awaken Church. And so I'm honored to be preaching here to have this pulpit. I, I know that it's not a light thing. Um, pastors Jurgen and Leanne are our lead pastors. And I know that for them to, you know, put me up here, I, I really honor that. And I believe that God is going to speak to you today through what I've prepared for you. So we are in the theme of essential matters, essential matters. For the whole month of September, essential matters. And we hear the word essential. I don't, I, I don't know how many times I've heard it over the last five months, but I think if I had a dollar, I'd have probably a billion dollars. And uh, so it's been a lot. And I think it's a really important series that we're coming into because I don't think the world has ever been more confused about what's essential and what's not than right now. You know, you've got people, you've got the government, you've got, you got the world saying that, you know, marijuana dispensaries are more essential. You've got liquor stores are more essential. Home depots are more essential than your kids going to school, than us gathering together as a church, than you having some families over on Labor Day for a party, right? The world has never been more confused about what's essential versus what's not. But I'm thankful that our God is not the author of confusion. He is not confused about what's essential and what's not. And I've got something to tell you that's a good thing. His promises are essential for your life. He has good plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And that is still true, as true as it was at the beginning of 2020 when everyone was really excited for 2020. They're still true today. I can tell you that much. So when the world brings confusion, we can trust God that he'll bring us peace, clarity, and truth. And uh, one essential matter I want to address today as we kind of kick off this series, well, besides air conditioning, like how many are thankful that air conditioning is essential? I'm just thankful we're not outside doing church. Like I drove by a church that was doing church outside. I'm like, Lord, bless them. Nobody, heat stroke, cancel, like all the bad, like thank God we are inside and we have air conditioning. Amen? Amen. But besides that, 
besides air conditioning. Uh, I do want to address the essential matter of finding divine direction in a time when the world is lost. Because in a world that doesn't even know what's happening, in a world that's never been more confused, it has never been more essential that the church knows what to do. Then the church knows how to process confusion, how to lead our way forward, and to know what the future holds. Now, I'm not saying that we have to have a crystal ball and know what exactly the future is going to look like, but we have to have faith that what God has ahead of us is better than what's behind us. Then what, what we're facing today is not our end. It is just the beginning in Jesus' name. And so it applies not just corporately for the church, but actually to us individually. So you and I make up the body of Christ. We are the church. And so God very much cares about the future of your life, of my life, and he wants us to know that we can have peace moving forward. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, and I, I don't think it's wrong, that, you know, we just need to find our way back. We just need to find our way back. We need to find our way back to how it was before COVID. And I think that's true in, in, in some aspects. I think it's true in that we as a country need to find our way back to the U.S. Constitution because that's what we base this country off of, biblical values. I believe that we need to find our way back to our kids being in school with one another, not isolated and going through all kinds of you know, all the parents shouted, amen. Uh, I think we need to find our way back to businesses being open and the economy flourishing and people not being scared to go outside, but knowing that God is for them. And that, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So I believe we do need to find our way back to those things. But I do believe at the same time that there might be some things that you came into COVID with that God wants you to let go of before you end this thing. I do believe that there are some things that if you're really honest, you say, wow, I could actually move forward without them and my life would be a lot better. And so the reality is nostalgia can actually be the enemy of the new that God wants to do in your life. So as we're you know, wanting to find our way back, let's, let's bring God into the picture. Let's bring God into the conversation of God. What do you want us to bring back and what do you want us to let die? And I believe that with that wisdom, we can move forward into a better future. So the question that I have for us today is how do we lead the way for ourselves, our families, and those around us to step into the promises and the future that God has for us amidst so much uncertainty? And I believe that God has actually shown us a blueprint of how to do that through the life of King David in the Bible. And so we're going to look at that. And the title of this message is Finding Our Way Forward. Finding Our Way Forward. Someone touch your neighbor say, forward. Say, say we're going forward. We're going forward. We're not going back. We're going forward. So we're going to look at the life and the story of King David actually right before he was anointed king because he was, he was meant to be king. He was promised. He, get, he got his promise at 13 years old that you would become king. You see, God will give you a promise and then take you through a process before you can lay hold of the promise to make sure that you can actually handle it by the time you get there. And so you might be laying hold of a promise right now. You might have been promised something by God a little while ago. Maybe it was recent. Maybe it was a long time ago. And maybe you still cling on to that and you believe that God is going to do it. Or maybe you've grown tired. Maybe you're not sure anymore. But my, my word to you today and what I believe God is speaking is that you've never been closer. You've never been closer. You've never been closer. So we're going to look at the story of how to move forward, how to find our way forward in a time of uncertainty. And so we're going to start with the backstory of David's life. And I preached a message back in December, it was December 31st, the last day of 2019, and it was called, uh, it was on our Shredder Sunday, and it was called uh, The Overcomer, and it actually, this is kind of like a part two, it's kind of like a sequel, 
but it's not the kind of sequel that you need to watch the prequel in order to get anything from the sequel. I promise it's a standalone message. I prepared it for you. But I think it will help you if you go back one day, anytime, maybe this week, and you listen to The Overcomer, and you say, oh, yeah, I could see how that, yeah. So part one, part two, but it's going to be great today in Jesus' name. So we pick up kind of where I left off in that story of David's life, where David was, like I said, he was promised to be king at 13. And then he was ascending to the throne. And then the current king, his predecessor, was King Saul. And he didn't like that David was going to become king. God wanted Saul out because he was evil and didn't do right in the sight of the Lord. So he was pushing Saul out and putting David in. But that doesn't mean that people still don't have free will. And the timing doesn't always look like what we think it will. And so David's on his way to the throne and basically gets kicked out of the kingdom by Saul and has to run for his life in the wilderness. And so he's far away from the promise already. Then he's got a bunch of guys that come out to him who are in debt, despair, and dysfunctional, come out to him, and they say, hey, what, like, what are you doing? What are you about? And so David creates his mighty men out of those men. And so he builds his mighty men, and then they basically spent the next X amount of years, the Bible doesn't say exactly how many, but it's a number of years, fighting for David's promise. They fight with everything they have, with all their strength, their might, their soul, with everything they have for the kingdom, for David to become king, and eventually they grow tired. Eventually they grow tired. And what happens is they end up saying, you know what, we've been fighting for this long, we're tired of running, we're tired of hiding, we're tired of doing this, let's just go to the Philistine territory, let's get out of Israel, and let's go into Philistine territory, because Saul won't chase us there, and while we won't be anywhere near the promise, at least we'll feel safe. They desired a false sense of security because they got tired. I wonder what compromises we're about to make because we're getting tired. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good for in due time. In other words, there is an appointed time for your harvest. And somebody needs to know that today because you feel like there is no date on it. There is an appointed time in heaven for your harvest and it is coming in Jesus' name. And so they, they compromise. They, they go out to Philistine territory, and they spend a year and a half out there. And they, they're just, you know, they have this false insecurity. They're like, yeah, we're, we're able to have a village. You know, we've, got, we've grown families now. Things are great. And then all of a sudden, there comes this battle that the Philistines want to take on Israel. They basically want to take on Saul in his army because they've always hated each other. Philistines and the Israelites have always hated each other, and so they want to take them on in war. And so David and his men are like, oh my gosh, maybe this is the moment that you become king. Maybe we just happened to find our way into this battle, and now we're going to take them out, and you're going to become king. And they're like, wow, this is the moment. And the very day before they go into battle, the Philistine uh, military leader, he says, yeah, we don't trust you, David. You're one of them. You can't be with us. We're actually kicking you out. You must leave our territory. So a year and a half, they built this false sense. They have this whole, they have, and then, see, that's the thing about false senses of security. Eventually, they will cave. And you have to know where to run when they do. And so David finds his way out of security, has to run, basically goes back to his village with all of his family, and they feel just, just destroyed already. They get back to find their village has been torched, has been everything taken, pillaged, and there's nothing there but ruins. So the question is, where do you strengthen yourself when you feel not only furthest from your promise, but you feel confused, you feel out of answers, you don't even know what to do anymore? We're going to see what David did in 1 Samuel verse 30, or chapter 30, verse 1 to 6. 
So it says, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. I'm sure some of us have been there over the last five months or sometime in our life where you have no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved. Just a quick thought. When you feel your soul being grieved, watch what stones you want to throw at your leadership at people that have been placed in leadership in your life because they are making decisions, they are going through things that you might not have any context of. They're going through what you're going through plus more. So just be careful when your heart gets grieved, where, what your response is. Just wanna throw that out there. Every man for his sons and daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. So what do you run to to strengthen yourself? David ran to strengthen himself in the Lord. So the first step to finding our way forward is to strengthen ourselves in God. You see, one thing that God loved about David more than any other king, and he said this in the Bible, more than any other king, is because David was a man after God's own heart. God pursued, or David pursued God, always came to him. The, the book of Psalms, like Pastor Sam was saying, is filled with verses in scripture of David inquiring of God, of David praying God, of praising God, of thanking God, of talking to God. He pursued God in his heart. And so in the moment of crisis and adversity, David didn't run to blaming anyone, even though he very much could have. He didn't go hide, which doesn't sound like a bad idea if your people are trying to stone you. And he didn't run devices, which easily could have happened. Instead, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And the word strengthen in the Old Testament in Hebrew, and you can trust me because I used to read it because I grew up Jewish, so you can just, you don't even have to look it up. But if you wanna fact check me, go ahead, because I'm right. Strengthen himself actually means to fasten yourself to, to tie yourself to. So before David even knew what God was going to do, before David even knew the outcome of what God was going to do, he said, no matter what, I'm tying myself to God. No matter what, I'm fastening myself to God. No matter what happens, I am going to strengthen myself in God. I remember when COVID first started and I had to really start to figure out, okay, what, what is happening? Assess what is going on. And I think everyone had this moment of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? What are we gonna do? And, and so this, this moment of fear came and it was like, okay, this is, this is real, but what am I gonna do about it? Where am I gonna, gonna strengthen myself? Because confusion, stress, anxiety comes to all of us, but it's how we respond. And I chose, I'm gonna strengthen myself in the Lord. I don't know how this thing's gonna turn out, but I know if I tie myself to the Lord, if he be for me, who or what could be against me? And so I chose to do that. And I did that because I have conditioned myself over five and a half years of showing up to men's prayer and of tying myself to God, of, of hearing stories of people, God stories every single week of people coming in and saying, I didn't know how I was going to pay this bill. I didn't know how we were going to get this home loan. I didn't know how we were going to get this healing. But I just knew if I could tie myself to God, we could do it. I remember I... I remember hearing from my mom saying, you know, I, I, the doctor just told me I might have cancer, it might be this, and it's not looking good. And I got that when I was probably four, three, four months into being a believer. 
And I remember I didn't know what to do, but I knew I could just hang on to God. I knew if I could just hang on to God, everything would be okay. No matter what the outcome was, we fasted, we believed, we prayed, and we actually saw her healed in Jesus' name, is still healed to this day. But it's because I tied myself to God. I said, no matter what the outcome is, I'm gonna strengthen myself in God. The second step to finding our way forward is to take responsibility to hear from God for ourselves. And so we're gonna read how David did this in 1 Samuel 30, verse seven. It said, then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And the ephod at that time was what the priest wore as a garment to basically say to God, I'm interceding to you. I'm praying to you. Notice me. Look at me. I am praying to you. Hear our prayers. And only the priest did it because the priests and the kings were separated at that time. Before Jesus came and said, you are now a priest and a king, they were separated. So the priests did their thing, the kings did their thing, and they did not interchange. But David said, bring the ephod here to me. And so Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. You see, I love even David's question because it signifies that he actually knew what to do. See, I think so many times we say, Oh, I don't, I don't even know what to do. I'm so confused. I'm so, I'm so strong. I don't know what to do. I, I believe that most of the time we actually know what to do but it's do we have the confidence that God is with us to take that step. It's do we know that we know that he is with us. And if he is with us, then it's easy. But is it his will? Is it not his will? Am I just thinking this? So David said, you know what? I'm not leaving this to chance. I'm inquiring of the Lord myself because at some point, we can't delegate hearing from God to other people for ourselves. You see, you should go to friends and ask them for prayer and to hear from heaven for you. And you should come to men's and women's prayer and ask them to pray with you and hear from heaven for you. And you should come to the front and get prayed for by the ministry team. And you should, you know, if you need to, you know, text like us, you know, one of the pastors here and say, hey, I'm really struggling. Like, help me pray with this. But at some point, at some point, we have to hear from heaven for ourselves because it's only when you hear for God from yourself that you can move forward in the kind of confidence that it takes to overtake the enemy, to overtake the promise, to lay hold of all that God wants you to. And once we hear from God for ourselves, there's nothing that can stop us because you have a Godfidence on the inside of you. Come on. I didn't make that up, people. I know you think I did. So the third and final step to finding our way forward is to go after God's promises with everything that we have. And we're going to see how David did that in 1 Samuel 30, verse 17. It said, Then David attacked them from twilight until evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. Which I still don't get. It's like, which one was it? Like, did nobody escape or did 400 people escape? And camels are not that fast. I've ridden on them, so why didn't you chase them down? I just, I have questions, people. Questions. It's okay. We've all got questions. I'm sure when we get to heaven, uh, there will be a line. So, David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives and nothing of theirs was lacking. Whatever you had stolen in the last five months, whatever you thought the devil took for good, the word of the Lord to you is you will recover all. Nothing, nothing, nothing that was taken will fail to be recovered. They recovered all and nothing was taken. 
and David recovered all. You see, David was able to go after the promises of God, was able to overtake the enemy because he strengthened himself in God. He said, no matter what God says, I'm strengthening myself in him. No matter what he says, I'm strengthening myself in him. I'm tying myself to him. And then he said, I'm going to hear from heaven for myself. I heard from heaven. It's time to go. When God says move, it's time to move. When God says start that business, it's time to start that business. When God says forgive that person, I promise you won't get time to forgive that person. When God says, just deal with the reconciliation, just come back to church, just come back to community, just give it one more chance, trust God and take the step. So what's your step today? What's your step today? You see, the, the scripture goes on to talk about how when they came back after they had won and they got the spoils and they got everything, they came back to, there was a group of men, of the mighty men, who were too weary, who were too broken, who were too just discouraged to even go to the fight. They even knew that they're, they even had the word from God that they were going to win, but they were too battle weary. And I love what David did. He said, they will get not only what they got, not only what was stolen, I'm going to bless them even more. Because what God says is, if you will just stay in community, even when you're too weak, to fight for yourself, if you're in community, if you're at men's prayer, if you're at women's prayer, if you're willing to come down to the altar and receive prayer, if you are at awakened parties, that whatever was taken from you, we will fight for you. Even if you can't stand up, we'll stand with you and you'll see God still recover all because you're part of his family and that's what family does. And I love and I love this part as we as we come to a close. This is this is like the kicker. So remember how David was kicked out of the battle that he thought was going to be the key to his promise? So he got kicked out of the battle he thought was going to be the key to his promise. He ended up farthest away that he could ever be from attaining his promise because they were about to go and fight the, you know, Saul's army and David was going to overtake him, you know, beat him in battle, and then it was going to be that. And, and he was going to ascend to the throne, but he had to get sidelined. He had to get sidelined. But what I love is as he got sidelined in that very battle that still took place, Saul and his entire household, basically everything that stood against David from becoming king fell in that one battle. And David lifted no fingers to do it. You see, maybe God moved David from the Philistines, which looked like a rejection, to keep him from the battle, which was actually God's to win in the first place. What if man's rejection was God's protection for you? What if the very thing that you thought was gonna take you out was the very thing that was gonna set you up to lay hold of the promise you've been believing for, that you've been waiting for? Maybe the reason you feel like the, the battle is out of your hands is because it finally is, and now it's in God's hands. And he is victorious. There is no battle that your God and my God has faced and has not won. Maybe the reason you feel like the battle for your finances is out of your hands is because maybe, praise God, it finally is and God can win it for you. Maybe you feel like the battle for you to have that baby is out of your hands, but praise God because it's finally in God's hands and you are gonna be fruitful. Maybe you feel like what the doctor said was terminal, God is gonna heal in the name of Jesus because if it's up to the Lord, you can count on it being done. It is finished. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
I'd love for all of you to, to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'd love to pray as we, as we close. So there's three steps to find our way forward. There's strengthening in ourself and God. You need to tie yourself to God. Where are you at today? What step do you need to take? Maybe you need to tie yourself to God. Or maybe you're saying, you know what? I need to inquire of the Lord. I've been delegating my devotion for far too long to other people, and it's time for me to step up and to ask God for myself. I'm not gonna be afraid of what he says. I'm gonna trust the character of God and know that he is for me and not against me. Or maybe your step today is I know I've strengthened myself to God. I've tied myself to him. I'm with him till the end. I've heard from heaven. Now I just need to move forward and take that step. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to stand up, raise your hands, do this whole thing. We're gonna pray. But before we do that, and I believe breakthrough will come for you in that moment. Before you do that, I wanna make sure if there's anybody in here today and you don't have a right relationship with God, if you're not in relationship with God, or maybe you once had a relationship with God, but you're saying, you know, I, I, I don't feel like close to him. I don't feel like I'm, I, I've laid down my old life. I feel like I'm still living my old life. And yet I'm saying I'm, I'm a believer, but I, need, I know I need to bridge the gap. I know I just need to go. I know I just need to leave everything behind and lay hold of God. Friend, today's the day. Right now is the moment. So in, in a moment, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand just so I know who I'm praying for. If you're one of those two types of people, you're saying, yeah, Alex, I don't, I don't know Jesus. I've never known Jesus. I didn't know this, this could be, even be a thing. I didn't know that God loved me. I didn't know he had a plan for my life. Friend, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, down to earth to sacrifice his life so that you may have it. You see, in our dysfunction, in our sin, we are dead. But the Bible says any man who is in Christ is a new creation. And so I want to give you that opportunity today to say, you know what? I want to be a new creation in Christ. I want to lay hold of all that God has for me. I'm ready to let go of my life, my old life. Or maybe you're here today and you're that second type person and you're saying, I used to walk with God. I once felt, but I walked away. I fell away. I ran away. And I know I need to get right with God. On the count of three, I want you to just lift your hand just so I know who I'm praying for. On the count of three, one, I already see hands going up. Incredible. Friend, God loves you. Two, I promise you'll never be the same. Three, if you could just lift your hand. Incredible, beautiful, I see your hand. Incredible, I see your hand up there. I see your hands. I see your hands in the middle. I see your hands, beautiful, up top. Incredible, incredible. I'm just gonna give another 10 seconds because someone gave me 10 seconds five and a half years ago and I came into this house, I came into this church a total mess and God turned me around because I gave my life to him. Is there anyone here, your, your heart's just padding? It's like, it's like if this guy would just shut up, I would be able to get out of here. But you, you know that you need to lift, lift your hand. Raise your hand. I know there's at least one more. There's one more. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. 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 All right, I would love if everybody could stand to your feet. Can you all stand to your feet? Like I said, I do want to pray with all of you, but there were so many of you, I haven't figured out how to fly around the room yet. I haven't figured that part out. So what I want you to do is be really brave. And if you lifted your hand just now saying, I want to get in right relationship with God, I want you to actually come down. I actually want to meet you. I'm going to come down off this platform. I want to shake your hand. I want to personally pray with you. So let's say you're standing next to somebody. Raise your hand. Why don't you lean over to him, smile, say, hey, why don't you come on down? Let's go talk to him. If you're standing next to someone you thought, raise your hand. Why don't you just lean over? And if you raise your hand, why don't you just come down? We're all going to apply. Come on. Come on down, come on down. I saw your hands, you can't hide from me. Come on down, come on down. 
how incredible is this? Heaven is smiling right now because you all have decided, you know what? I'm letting go of the old and I'm stepping into the new. The Bible says that when one person gives their life to Jesus, heaven rejoices. There's a party happening. And I think we're all gonna be partying after this, but I know there's a party happening in heaven. And so what I wanna do right now is actually lead you through a prayer that I prayed five and a half years ago. I was standing just like this on an altar and I can promise you that God took me from addiction to healing. He took me from dysfunction to function. He took me from dumb to having an incredible wife like my beautiful wife I have today. I promise you the life that I live with God now is was unfathomable six years ago. So where you're at, I know God is gonna transform you. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray this prayer invite Jesus to become Lord of your life, where not only is he your savior, but he's gonna begin to show you how to live for him. And I believe the purposes of God, the dreams of God, the visions of God will begin to come upon your life because you were wired. You were actually created by God for God. You were created by purpose, on purpose, for purpose. And so we're gonna pray. So everyone in here has prayed this prayer before. So we're all gonna pray this thing together, but especially those of you right standing in front of me, I want you to pray this with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I believe Jesus will enter your heart. So, dear Jesus, I thank you that you went to the cross for my sin. I believe that you went to the cross, that you died, that you were buried, and that you were resurrected three days later so that I may have life and have it more abundantly. I cast off my old life, I turn away from my sin, and I turn to you, Jesus. You are my Savior, and you are my Lord. I declare the rest of my life will be the best of my life, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.